Hey, everybody. want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes. My name is Mitch Schultz, and I'm the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry and also the host of these podcasts. Hey, Happy New Year. Hope it's been a great start for you. I've been taking a break from putting out a podcast for two reasons. I've been uh, doing quite a few interviews to sort of build up my resource so I can get back to putting these out uh, on average of every two to three weeks. And uh, so are, there are some really, really encouraging, challenging, hard stories that we're going to be talking about in a few weeks in the next couple months. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Bob Harner, or I have interviewed him already, on surviving the Toccoa Falls flood back in 1977, where he lost uh, his wife and his son. Uh, he's going to tell that story. I know this story really well, but... Uh, or thought that I did, but from his perspective and realizing that there were components of that story that uh, I was not aware of is, is just uh, absolutely riveting. So I'm excited to share that with you. And also, um, I'm going to be interviewing uh, one of my hero authors, Gerald Sitster, author of the book, A Grace Disguised. I actually was able to land an interview with him. So that'll be coming out uh, pretty soon as well. Uh, but anyway, let's get uh, to the topic today. And uh, it's, a, it's really a subject that brings me uh, great joy, but also is a burden at times when I have an opportunity to talk about or to consider the role that elders have or, uh, in relationship to their pastor. Uh, it's really uh, one of the greatest responsibilities within the church, the role of elder. Of course, a pastor in most uh, contexts is an elder, one of the elders, a lead elder, uh, that's certainly the case in the denomination that I work with. Uh, but I, I love it when these guys see themselves as, um, as serving him, serving with him, making him accountable uh, to them and they to him, and how they are there to watch his back when he's under a lot of pressure, uh, when he's being criticized or even under attack. These guys are there. And uh, in a true sense, elders are the guardians to the pastor. By the way, a little plug here for a novel series that I wrote. I wrote two books, The Whisper, and the second one is a sequel to that called, called The Guardians, which plays out in story form, in a novel form. This rather unusual, and sadly to say it is, uh, I think, unusual phenomena of elders coming around their pastor in a protective manner. And uh, to make sure he's, he's protected, but also empowered to do what he is mainly called to do, and that's to preach and to pray. Uh, recently, I sat down with three of the elders of the church where I currently attend to talk about their role in relationship to their pastor. It was really an interesting timing because the uh, pastor that had been serving them for about a decade had recently retired and moved on to another ministry, and they are in the process of... Uh, of, of hiring a new pastor. So the timing of this is, uh, is actually, actually quite unique. And um, I love the honest conversation that we had together. We laughed a lot. We, uh, we talked about some of the serious issues that pastors can face. I learned a lot from getting their perspective of uh, their side of, uh, of looking at ministry. And, uh, and also we talked about how elders have a tremendous responsibility in supporting one of their own on the front lines of ministry. So I'm going to have you join in to the conference room of the church where I attend. I also have an office in that church. I base my ministry from there. And uh, I can't wait for you to meet the three guys that I talked to and to hear their story 
on the role of elders in relationship to their pastor. You'll be blessed by this and hopefully challenged. Okay, we are here in the conference room at First Alliance Church in Toccoa, Georgia. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the role that elders have in a relationship to their pastor. And I have around the table three distinguished men, uh, David Reese, John Heffer, and Steve Cornelius, or Stephen Cornelius. Either one. Uh, so thanks, guys, for being part of this. I really appreciate this. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so introduce yourself. Well, I just introduced you, but uh, just go around the room and tell, me a little, tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, what you have done and give us a little context of your lives. All right, I'm David and I am currently retired, although serving as the chairman of the elder board and chairman of the search committee right now at the church. But I had taught for 30 years. I pastored for 15 years before retirement. So I have enjoyed the opportunity to serve the Lord. So you understand serving His people. You understand both sides of this. I've and, been on both sides. Yeah. And were you born with this radio voice, or did you acquire it through the years, or? <laughs> I guess I got it from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the the next two guys, as they talk, they will not be as impressive in their no, their tone. But uh, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name's John. Um, I'm a business owner here in Tacoa. Um, been at First Alliance Church since uh, 2001. I'm an elder. Um, I am what they call the hospitality and acclimation coordinator. I work with the greeters and follow-up team as guests come in, mm -hmm. um, and work with our coffee and connection folks. Um, and also serve on the search committee. And okay. so in the process of looking for the man that God has. Yeah, that's going to be an important thing for us to be talking right. about. You're Absolutely. also what I call the, the service closer. Yes, uh, you yes. close the service up. I am the time, opportunity yeah. announcement guy. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, okay. whatever okay. it is. And yeah. so I, an acronym I, there somewhere, I'm sure. Somewhere, <laughs> um, we haven't come up with the right one yeah. yet. I love the peppermints in the back. Thank if you. If I ever get up during the service, I'm grabbing peppermints. Uh, you're, the, you're the guy that's, that's taking all those. Yes, so. I like the green ones. Yes. We're, we're low, actually. Okay. Steve, what about you? Uh, I work in a therapeutic setting with junior high boys. Um, I've been doing that for the last three years. Previous mm. that... Uh, 16 years of full-time youth ministry um, and grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. The people who took him in uh, as a couple, they were pastors. And so it was kind of natural uh, to go in the ministry and felt called to do that. But this is a different season mm -hmm. of life. And mm -hmm. um, I serve as the vice chair uh, of the elders here. Um, I'm helping now with the youth ministry um, and kind of anything that... Needs help. Pick up the pieces um, for everybody yeah, else. Yeah, David. Huh? David has a full plate. Yeah. <laughs> so you work. You work with uh, teens in crisis. I do. Teens okay. and families in crisis. Okay. Yes. So that well qualifies you as a elder, as we talk about supporting the pastor and things that churches face. That was supposed to be funny. That's right. <laughs> they are often in crisis. All right. right? Let's uh, let's jump into this because again we have kind of a uh, a narrow uh, topic here, and I'm, I'm sure we'll go different directions with it. Um, I, I want to reflect a little bit or start by just reflecting on the farewell that the church had for the previous pastor who left a month ago or so. Mm -hmm. And it uh, really uncommon. I, I've very rarely seen something like this. 500 people packed in a, uh, the Student Life Center and pe person after person getting up and 
sharing their deep love for them. I'm, I'm sure if I talked to him, he could tell stories of difficulties, challenges with personalities. But I think the the overall uh, testimony of his ministry was one that was obviously positive. I mean, it was as, as mm-hmm. I I was there, and I saw that too in my time that I've been here as well. Um, but what um, what factors came together for a pastor to leave well like that, from your perspective, Dave? What do you think? Well, a few years ago, and you could all you could take all the credit for it. I'm no, sure. No, no. <laughs> a few years ago, pastor began talking with us about he's not going to be here forever. Mm. He wants to leave when the church is in a good state, and he we we discussed in the elders some of the problems the church had faced in earlier transitions mm-hmm. and being aware of those problems he came to us with a transition plan that he had worked out and we talked about this for several months mm-hmm. and worked with him on refining it to make something that we thought would help us mm-hmm. in transitioning from his ministry to the next pastor okay. Okay, and that plan has worked very so that very well. you would attribute some of this to being intentional in the transition. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes. you, you're, uh, John. I'll, I'll direct this to you. You you referred learning from past experiences. Um, what did the elders learn about the commitment to the pastor um, serving well, but also ending well from from this? Well, you know, I think this was a very unique situation. I don't know if this would will work for everyone. Um, I think Scott was at a place where um, he didn't feel threatened in any way mm-hmm. by uh, turning over leadership to someone new if that transition would have taken place while he was still here. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very unique situation. And I think our role as elders was to really process what he had brought to us, one, um, and see how we could help him end well mm-hmm. and end well here at First Alliance Church. And uh, there were little things along the way that I think came up that um, uh, it wasn't a perfect process, mm-hmm. but we were able to farewell Scott, I think, in a very positive way. Um, we started the process and then doors started opening for him mm-hmm. with other positions. And so um, we knew the Lord's hand was in this mm-hmm. through the entire way. And so really felt like we uh, worked with Scott to mm-hmm. to end his time here at First Alliance. Okay. Well, Steve, um, you know, you, you had good material to work with. I mean, you're describing a man that, uh, uh, that was... Um, you know, he had military background, chaplain, and the relationship was generally good. Steve, if, if there's a, a pastor where maybe the relationship with the elders and the pastor is not as healthy, but you still have the same commitment to support him to serve well and finish well, what needs to happen there? You know, I, and I think that's one of the key things is that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I transitioned, I transitioned twice ministry-wise. Um, my first one was a little more challenging because the church was having struggles. Um, There's just different dynamics that were going on and, mm-hmm. and tried to navigate it as a, well, and as a young pastor, um, I would have been tw- probably about 30, mm-hmm. 29, 30. And so trying to navigate that, uh, and it was a challenging thing. In my last transition, there was trust there. I, I even talked with the pastoral team I was part of two years in advance. 
um, and said, if you love me the way you do, mm. the way you say you do, you <laughs> tell people that we love one another, mm-hmm. like, mm. you will pray through this with my wife and I. Mm. And we prayed, and God appeared to say, just just be. Mm-hmm. And it was almost two years later that that transition finally mm. happened. Mm. Um, but I started the conversation six months in advance mm-hmm. with the leadership of the church, um, with our administrator, and and just realized that you know our goal was the health of the church, and you know we want that relationship to be that we could come back mm-hmm. to that mm, church. That's, that's good. And that's good. and come in with with no baggage, mm-hmm. um, and it be a, a positive thing, mm-hmm. um, not a threatening thing to whoever was there then. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have attachment to it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this is not the ministry God has for me at this mm-hmm. time. But I can come here and worship Jesus. Yeah, and what, what you're, it's even that's a little unusual. I don't often hear of a pastor being transparent about his future and moving because he, I think he feels like it might create insecurity, which was a that made the church kind of vulnerable, didn't it? When you prepared for this where the pastor announced two years ago, really, that he was planning on leaving and that there's a transition. Uh, go ahead, John. Well, you know, I think we've all been in situations where we've seen pastors leave their ministries and mm-hmm. it not end well. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. messy and dirty and unfortunately ugly at times, yeah. not what the church should be. And so yeah. I think when this plan was presented to us, we prayed about it, we really wanted to see if we could do this differently. Um, Again, we've all seen the patterns of what it looks like for a pastor to mm-hmm. leave in a bad way. Mm-hmm. We really saw this as a way to end well mm-hmm. and it be successful for Scott and for the mm-hmm. church in honor and glory, glorifying to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So uh, ending well also requires that you're there to support him to serve well. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that in order to end well, it's it's important to be serving well too. Or that's that commitment. To, it's not just that... The only commitment the elders have is we want to make sure he ends well. Right. <laughs> it's, right. It's, it's all those, the, you know, the months, years in between that that Absolutely. needs to be healthy too. Right. And so you're, yeah. Dave, again, if um, you, you mentioned earlier, if, if it was okay to share some stories, I'm going to ask you to share a story. And if you, when I ask the question, if you don't want to share the story, we'll edit this out. And okay. if the, the listener will know if I did that or not. Um, but with the transition, there was a clear plan of the pastor staying until someone uh, new came. That changed because he was called somewhere else to serve as a district superintendent. And I sat in the pew this Sunday. You got up and tell me what you said to the congregation. It was a uh, kind of a reprimand in a sense, but it was done in a way that I've never seen before with a, a gentleness but firmness. Can can you tell that story? Well, we had some people who were upset because we allowed the pastor to leave before he had said that he would. Mm-hmm. He had told us he would stay till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But we knew once things got lined up for him to go to the new district superintendency, that there's no way that he could do that and begin that new ministry on time. Right. So we allowed for him to leave two months earlier. Some people in the church felt that we were pushing him Yeah, out. It's, it, it was set, set up for misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. It? And so there were rumors going around. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to address those rumors openly and honestly. 
and give the real story of why the decision was made the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, many people at least were very satisfied with that explanation. Yeah, yeah. Again, there was it was a bit of a reprove uh, from the pulpit by an elder uh, who was, again, committed to his pastor and, mm-hmm. and, in a sense, protecting him, too, because if there mm-hmm. was gossip and misunderstanding, and uh, it, could, it could have affected his leaving well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. Part of the genius of this plan, too, is that it gave a time of decompression mm-hmm. from the time the announcement was made until the time he's finally leaving. People had a chance to go through the grieving process mm-hmm. gradually. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't come as a shock yeah. to them. So that by the time we were ready to say goodbye, the congregation was well prepared for that farewell. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, let me, uh, let me move to another uh, set of questions here. Steve, uh, I'll ask this of you. When, you. when you became an elder, what did you see your main role to be? I mean, there's the definite shepherding side mm-hmm. um, that is being an under shepherd, um, having people that I need to help care for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, too, uh, being a former pastor and understanding the demands that are on pastors today, um, it's lonely. Mm-hmm. It can be a very lonely spot. And everybody can, you know can come off as a critic and they always have a better way um no matter if you've spent you know two months praying researching mm-hmm. um and so i think someone to come alongside you know is important to me to protect the pastor um, if i have an expectation to be working 40 to 45 hours a week why do i expect my pastor to work 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and if his primary ro- primary role is to preach the word of God, uh, why are we asking him to visit every single person that's absolutely. sick? And, yeah, absolutely. And so um, sometimes it's prote- help being protect a pastor from themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, pastors mm-hmm. have a servant heart, and uh, and so it's easy. And and as a you know as a guy who's been mm, there, mm. Um, I, I love to serve people. Mm. And but you know helping them stay grounded and say, well, have you been serving your wife? Mm. Have you been serving your children? Um, you know they. You know if that is if that's slipping and missing at home, mm-hmm. um, we are setting ourselves up for a church and that pastor up for trouble. Yeah, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, if I can handle a couple extra phone calls a week or something, or if someone needs to be visited, I'm more than willing to do that. Or, yeah, which is helping the pastor. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an example of how not to do it. In my first church, I was told by one of the elders within the first month, if I'm driving by the church and I don't see your car in the parking lot, you're going to hear from us. Oh, That's my. not the way to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, again, the, the notion of being a guardian and a protector of your pastor, uh, and again, it helps to have former pastors on the elder board, which is, you know, the chance of that happening at this church is high because you have, what, 80... Uh, licensed pastors that are here right so statistically it's high that's not gonna that's not a luxury for for every Mm -hmm. church for sure um so how how much again maybe just kind of reflect collectively on how elders view their role how much uh how, how often do people come into the role of an elder 
as an elder, seeing their role is to be the support and protector of the pastor. What, what do you think, Dave? I think um, when I became an elder, my motivation was I'm accepting responsibility for the spiritual guidance of the church, its doctrine, its policies, its practices, its priorities. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work with the pastor. Hopefully the pastor that we called and will call would share some of those same priorities. And so my job is to work with him and be an enabler for him to do those things that provide the spiritual oversight for the function of the body mm -hmm. as a whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, John, with having a, a candidate coming at some point, uh, how does an elder board gauge what the relationship with the pastor is going to look like? Because the congregation is looking for one thing. You know, they, they really have that one shot to hear him preach. You know, there's a lot of trust in the elders, the search committee. But in that experience, when he's here, how do you... <laughs> how do you what, gauge what do you, that? Yeah, what, are you, what are you looking for personally? Well, and I think that I, I may have a little more insight because I'm on the search committee. Ah. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think if the search committee has done their job well, um, you're going to look at references. Mm -hmm. You're going to look at... Um, information that's presented to you to see how he has dealt with other boards or, or okay. other mm -hmm. uh, groups of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking for those key characteristics, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. of, of how that candidate might lead. And so uh, I think that's how you gauge it. Um, mm -hmm. that, that candidating weekend, yeah, that's the one shot mm -hmm. you get. But So much has been done prior. So prior much has been that. done prior, yeah. but really the spotlight is going to be on the guy when he, mm -hmm. when he comes that weekend. Yeah. And how are you going to deal with groups of mm -hmm. people? You're going to be sitting down with the finance committee. You're going to be sitting down with different groups of people mm -hmm. from the church. How do you handle those, those yeah. situations? Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I feel for him and I'm praying for the guy that's coming, but the microscope is going to be on him. Yeah. And uh, we, we want him to do well. Mm -hmm. We want to see him succeed yeah. and be able to support him through, yeah. through this well, process. Dave, Dave and Steve will probably remember this. I mean, I think when you're younger, you're under a lot of pressure when you candidate. But uh, it, I remember the last time I did, it was fun. It was just fun, you know. Mm. So I think I think you pray for a guy to Absolutely. just be relaxed and see this as a great opportunity, you know, whether this is a church or not. Right. Um, the, you guys are used to already me asking questions that I didn't send you in advance. Um, but we, um, I meet with, I, I had a meeting today. Every two weeks I meet with five pastors, two guys that are former, uh, been ministry in the past. So there are seven of us that meet together. And I work with a college professor, Phil Howard, and we do mentoring, and we've got some tools that we're using to uh, mm. just help the guys around the table to not talk shop, but to talk soul, you know. Mm -hmm. And and today was on, I wrote this tool on, uh, it's called Community of Trust, 10 Things Pastors Struggle With But Never Talk About, and the topic today was loneliness, and you mentioned mm -hmm. that. And we had a long conversation about can a pastor become friends with with uh, with his elders, uh, so I got the pastor's perspective. I want to hear the elders' perspective. What do you think, Steve? And you've got personal yeah. experience too with that as a pastor. Yeah, you can, you know, it, it, it's hard, um, you know, because typically, if you were to leave that location, it, you know, more times than not, it doesn't end like it did here mm -hmm. for Pastor mm -hmm. Scott. You know, there's animosity or or, or things like that. Um, 
I think understanding, you know, for an elder though, to go in and just say, you know, this is like the guy I work with, like he's human, he's flawed. Mm -hmm. He could have had an argument with his wife before Mm. he left for work this morning. Mm. Um, or before he stepped up in the pulpit, pulp, yeah. you know, you know, Sunday morning, or saying like, someone handed him a note and he read it just before. Absolutely, he went up. you know, yeah, it's happened to me. <laughs> no yeah. way. I want to hear that yeah. story. <laughs> That's one of your stories you're going to tell me. And it, you know, and it happens, and and to understand, he's doing the best he can with mm-hmm. the Lord's help mm-hmm. to to present the Word of God, as as God is instructing him. Like he's really not trying to fail. Like mm-hmm. I mean. We don't go to work trying to... I'm just failing today. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not our pastor's goal or heart. Um, So I think for us to have understanding... um, You know, I remember one time, I really did not prepare the way I needed to for one of my Mm -hmm. youth talks. And I remember getting in the car and heading home and my wife looking at me and she goes, Yeah, you didn't do what you needed to do tonight, did you? Mm -hmm. And I was like... Ouch! Well, she was there. Oh, she was there, and she's just you know um, code for that. You know, wow. (laughs) Uh, And you know, and and that was lack of prep on my part. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, then just realizing going in, I mean, they're not trying to do a bad job. Like it. Come on, Mm -hmm. I mean. But part of what I'm hearing you say though is the the responsibility you have to assure that your pastor is in the word and preaching effectively. Yeah. And if there is anything that's in the way of that marriage or relationship or a note that was handed How can I help? to process that. And that's the yeah. friendship piece, isn't it? Yeah. As well as the mm-hmm. relational piece that comes with by being an elder to, to the pastor. And I think as an elder to understand, your pastor probably thinks maybe I should leave with some regularity. Mm-hmm. Like, is this where God wants me? Mm-hmm. Um, because of everything that happens. And and to not be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, many people think, boy, I wonder if there's a better job over here or if mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're human. I mean, that's a normal thought. Don't be yeah, afraid of Yeah, I would check it. the ad papers every so often. Ad, yeah, right? It, it, it you just, know, it's just yeah. like there's some Monday morning, you know, mm-hmm. high on Sunday, low on Monday. Mm-hmm. And you come in and like, okay, what's happening out there? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, this district. So yeah. add, um, add papers. That was 30 years ago. I, online. I'm that's, right, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, the, David, here's, here's a question. Oh, let, me, uh, let me follow up on yeah, thing yeah, John yeah. said here yeah. about helping the pastor get off to a good start when he comes. I remember when Pastor Scott got here about the second week that he was here. Somebody from the office called me and they said, do you know what he's going to put in the bulletin this week? (laughs) I said, no. And so they read me what he was going to put in the bulletin and he was doing it innocently. He did not have the perspective of our culture Mm -hmm. and background. Mm -hmm. He's coming from a totally different culture. So I said, well, who's going to talk to him about this? And nobody was willing to bring up the subject with Mm -hmm. him. I said, well, I'll do it then. So I went to him, I said, Pastor, uh, I've understood that you're going to put such and such in the bulletin. And if you do that, I can tell you from my experience here, there is going to be one horrible reaction Mm -hmm. that is not a hill you want to die on. Mm -hmm. So I said, you're the pastor. If you want to put it in there, you can do that. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm just yeah. giving you a warning. Mm -hmm. You don't want to use up all your goodwill capital yeah. Yeah. on that particular issue. Right. Yeah. Was that the beer and Bible night? That was, uh, <laughs> yes. Was on, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So well, he, I was gonna, I he was took gonna, my advice yeah. and he eliminated okay. that and it did not okay. become a problem. Yeah. That's great. You answered the question I was going to ask. What do you do when you feel like your pastor is, uh, is, is not making good decisions and he needs to be uh, coached? Um, again, you know the context yeah. better than a new guy or even a guy who's been here several years because you know the history of the church. And I, going back to what you were saying, how do you become a friend or, mm -hmm. or how do you deal with the loneliness of a pastor? I had uh, someone a few years back who was talking about pastoral care and what our role as elders are or just believers. Find a time when you can ask your pastor, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Look them in the eye and yeah. ask them, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? And be, be mm -hmm. willing to mm -hmm. just listen mm -hmm. yeah. and be willing to hear them and where they're at. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I make a habit of that with, mm -hmm. with the pastors here, for, well, with Chris Gamble mm -hmm. now at First Alliance Church. But I tend to mm -hmm. do the check, same thing with the one. new yeah. part. Check in with them. Mm -hmm. How are you really doing? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Yeah. And just being, being willing to listen to what's going on mm -hmm. in their hearts at mm -hmm. that time. Great. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, good. Um, how have you all grown as elders in these past years? Um, again, some of you have experiences. Uh, being a pastor, being an elder is a completely different you know, game for you. Um, Steve, how as you reflect on that? Well, I mean, this is, it, this is a great elder board. Um, that helps. We, oh, yeah. oh, you know, so fortunate to serve with a bunch of a bunch of guys who love Jesus. They so love nobody by the name of Judas has ever been no. here. <laughs> and um, you know, we're unified. We talk things out. We work through things. We try to create a culture where we can be open and honest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I and I think too, we go into times. You know, thinking. You know. In, in, we need to think the best of people first, mm -hmm. which a lot of times we don't in relationship. We always think of the negative or what are they trying to gain, but go in saying, you know, I know these guys love Jesus. Mm -hmm. I believe they all want to see the yeah, church Yeah, I love that. Grow. You've mentioned that several times. That's so important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they want to see this church mm -hmm. grow and, and health um, brought to the people who are here. And so if we just start with that mm -hmm. is like our base to launch mm -hmm. from, you know, it makes for some Phenomenal meetings. Phenomenal. I mean, meetings. when we work off of that, mm -hmm. that while I may disagree with someone across the table, I know he still ultimately wants to see what I want to see and what we believe mm -hmm. the Lord wants to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, if it, the common denominator is the gospel, meetings will always go oh, well. If absolutely. anything else steps in, becomes an interference, that your your eye, if your eyes off that gospel ball, generally things mm -hmm. will not go well. Um, so, uh, those of you that pastor know that you know criticism about our sermons is like one of the tenderest nerves that you can prick in a pastor. Um, but John, uh, if a, you sense a pastor is just not delivering, there's just you just sense he's he's maybe 
you know, distracted by other things. It's 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 being you know the presenting issues in the pulpits. What do you? What's the role of the elders to talk to the pastor about his preaching, <laughs> knowing he's going to be very hurt and sure. defensive? Well, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity for you as an elder to come mm-hmm. alongside maybe another elder who has the same concern and, mm-hmm. and sit down with the pastor mm-hmm. and and ask those questions. Where were you coming at with mm-hmm. with that reference? Uh, you know, on this past Sunday. And, and just talk through it. I, I go back to just being willing to listen mm-hmm. to what the pastor is dealing with in his own heart mm-hmm. and supporting him in that. Now, if it's completely unbiblical mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. way out of line, mm-hmm. that's where the elder board may need to step in. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's it's our role as elders to be able to just listen and find out where where he's coming from. Yeah, and I think if there's a good relationship, hopefully the pastor will occasionally ask, hey, Absolutely. is there anything you guys need to tell me about my preaching? Sure. How can I improve? Uh, and, that, and that's something that uh, I've seen sometimes elders set up maybe by having someone assigned to me with a pastor regularly, a mentor to, to help with the mm-hmm. preaching. So um, anything to add to that, Dave? Well, we do have a very openness, in, a lot of openness mm-hmm. in our elder board meetings. And one of the approaches I, I like to use, and we have used this on some occasions, is when there's a very sensitive issue and we know we might create some defensiveness in the person that we might be addressing there, is to approach it with a statement something like, well, I have a problem that I need your help with. I'm wrestling with mm-hmm. not being able to understand where you're coming from or what your motives are. I may be misinterpreting you completely, but I need your help. Can mm. you give me mm. some feedback mm-hmm. and answer some questions that I have that will help me to better understand you and have our minds meet together? Mm-hmm. And found that works very, very yeah, well. Yeah, it's not attacking. It creates a, attacking, a channel, right. an open channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he'll still be a it's, little bit defensive, I would yep. imagine, but the way it's presented is, uh, uh, is, is with uh, the intent of helping and, and loving. And, yeah. and you come mm-hmm. in with curiosity. This isn't about criticism. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, I'm just curious. Curious, what made you go that direction? Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with with this, you know, I don't, you know, it's that I don't understand. I'm going to take ownership mm-hmm. of this, and it helps defuse. I mean, so much defensiveness, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it might be really two conversations later, mm-hmm. we discover mm-hmm. yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, um, and and David, you know, leads us in this. Well, he does not let things fester, mm-hmm. right? If there's something, yeah. So we've noticed. <laughs> it, no, if you know, I mean, he is just like you know what. Mm-hmm. Biblically, we can address this. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's it's with humility. It's with love. Mm-hmm. And gentleness, but firm. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, David models that so well. And so, you know, to have him in that lead role, um, it gives the space for those tough conversations to happen. Yeah, it's creating right. an environment, an atmosphere oh, it's a where sa- it's a those conversations can it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the end result is that after some very difficult conversations, and sometimes it's postponing it to bring up again next month because we can't make a decision. Mm, mm. But what happens in the end, almost all of our decisions are unanimous decisions. Wow. Right. Wow. 
Yep. When you approach these situations in love and with the right motive, it, it, it ends well. Mm-hmm. It does. It ends mm-hmm. well. And we've mm-hmm. seen that time and time again with our discussions, not only with Scott and other um, staff members, but just situations that we've got mm-hmm. to deal mm-hmm. with as elders. And we don't force the issue. If it's not going well, we'll pray about mm-hmm. it Absolutely. and bring it up again. Not yeah. everything has to be resolved right away. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. What is the role, or what should a pastor do? What's the role of the pastor to bring out the best in his elders, John? Isn't that a great question? Mm-hmm. Ask that question again. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what does a pastor do to bring out the best in his elders? I, I think getting to know their elders, mm. who they are, mm. what they do. Mm. Um, I was really impressed with Scott. Um, uh, he was here for probably three or four years before I became an elder, but Scott really tried to get to know me and who I was, what mm-hmm. I did for a living, about my family. And even after I became an elder, uh, we would sit down from time to time and just talk. And I think uh, the role of a pastor is to get to know your elders, get to know their heart, um, who they are in Christ. Yeah, they're the people he's going to be working closest Absolutely. with. It makes sense to get to know them. Absolutely. Um, Build a relationship with your elders. I think that that's, um, I think in many churches, the elder board is the the hierarchy and, mm-hmm. and pastors and congregations kind of fear that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I think it's important that you really build those relationships mm. with your elders. Get to know them, who they are, pray with them, mm-hmm. and um, see what the Lord's doing in their hearts and their lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, pastors discourage what's the role of the elder if there's a, you alluded this, I think, Steve, to, you know, if there's a sense that uh, perhaps he's, you know, tired or struggling at home. But uh, from your perspective, what, what's the role of the elder in being intentional? In... I'll just follow up on what John's already suggested, that to sit down with them and say, let's get real. Mm. What, is, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Are there things that you're facing that you don't feel free to talk mm-hmm. to somebody about. Are you discouraged? Mm. Are you facing a situation from any other individuals that are putting pressure on you mm-hmm. in some way? Let's get real. Uh, we're here to help. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. forget we're here to, to support you. And mm-hmm. So reminding the pastor of what your role is uh, probably mm-hmm. regularly is important, mm-hmm. isn't it? I had a situation one time where someone from the congregation came to me and said, did you know that the pastor is taking money from the offerings and putting it in a bank over in the other county? Mm-hmm. I said, really? <laughs> yes, that's what's happening. I said, I will look into it. So what I did was I got all of the information for exactly how the church offerings are handled and counted Mm -hmm. and two people at every stage in it. Mm -hmm. And at the next congregational business meeting, I got up to explain to the congregation Mm -hmm. exactly how the money from the church is handled and it would be impossible for the pastor Mm -hmm. to do what was suggested. Mm -hmm. So there was a reprimand there to be careful about gossip. And that that settled the issue. Yeah, wow, wow. Now, the pastor hears that, though, and it can create some insecurity. Even though he knows it's not true, the elders have verified it. The fact that someone has you know, started something like that can be unsettling, mm-hmm. right? Well, whenever we hear of a rumor, we try to track yeah, it down yeah, and yeah, talk to the yeah. people who are 
saying those things mm -hmm. and fill them in factually mm -hmm. on what the situation yeah, yeah. is. Excellent. Well, this leads to my second question. I'll direct this to John. What is the role of elders when the pastor is being attacked or criticized? <laughs> That's, and that was a good segue. Dave. Unfortunately, too often that happens. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. a brother-in-law who's a, a pastor. My brother's a pastor. And so I've seen this happen in their lives, um, unfortunately, too often. And so I think the role of elders when it comes to um, our pastors being attacked is coming alongside them and defending them, mm. um, being their defenders, um, and being able to, um, one, encourage them. Um, I, I can imagine, I've never been a pastor, but I can imagine it's a very lonely and dark place mm -hmm. when you're being attacked by the folks in your own church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the and difference so, with you, you're mm -hmm. in your company, if that's happening, you can fire people. I, you I can't could. do that in a church. You can't do that in a church. Um, but you can make life miserable. For I, I could. I could. I'm kidding. But no, I, I know. Um, but I think our role as elders is to come alongside the pastor and support them through this mm -hmm. and defend the pastor um, and um, being able to address those who are speaking out against your pastor. Um, I think as David said a minute ago, if there are rumors or things that are boiling up as an elder board, you need to address those quickly mm -hmm. not wait for them just to go away because what they'll do is they'll fester and they'll build and it'll create tension within mm -hmm. that church and so the sooner you can address those issues um the better off you're yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. creating any yeah, because type of it trouble festers and absolutely yeah, you know things can mm -hmm. spread very absolutely. quickly yeah, so, good good there was another situation where the pastor made a comment in a service i don't mm -hmm. even remember what it was but immediately after the service, there are three or four people come up to me were very upset mm -hmm. about that. So part of our job as an elder is to help the pastor in this situation. So I went right to the pastor and explained to him, here's what was said, here's how it's being interpreted. I think you need to address the congregation mm. and express your regret for the way that was stated and apologize. And he did. Mm. He's a very wow. big person, yeah. mm -hmm. and he realized that that this needed to be addressed, and he did it very graciously, and that stopped all the criticism. Yeah. It, it, it displays humility when a pastor is willing, and That's again, right. this is an encouragement for pastors and elders that we all should be uh, you know, teachable, vulnerable. And, um, and and not defensive, you know. I think it's easy to say no. It, it, you know, we're we're often the last ones to see things about ourselves. And if uh, it, it's a hard discipline when there's criticism, the first question to ask is, I'm I'm first going to consider the possibility that this is true. Mm -hmm. And once I know it's not, then obviously leave it to the elders or others to mm -hmm. uh, to to uh, to deal with it. Um, do you have any? No, and Comments well, on this? You know, and I think, like, you know, it goes back to it. as soon as we know, we take steps to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and hopefully your pastor is in a place to go, okay, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, part of that, it's easier to swallow, too, when you go back to say, you know, he made a mistake. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. know his heart. What yeah. is your pastor's heart? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, this doesn't line up with their heart, so... It was probably a mistake. Um, but then, you know, it's following up then, too, with your people in the congregation. The people who came, you said, listen, I want you to know we have, you know, we've had some, you know, as things happen, we find out about it. 
And then we follow up with the people. Hey, we want you to know that as elders we address this, or I went to pastor on your behalf, and we had a good conversation, and I want you to trust me that we're in process of dealing with this mm-hmm. and taking care of it. Thank you for your concern. And so then for them, it's like, okay, well, it's done. They're not left in that wondering. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because when you let your imagination go, uncertainty, that's, it, uncertainty it will, will lend itself to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. And good. We also invite people, if they have some criticism or concerns, you're welcome to come to an elders meeting. We will let you sit among us and give you the time that you need to express that to us. And we want to know. Just don't let it be something that's just circulating mm-hmm. underground yeah. and getting worse yeah. and worse. You're, you're bringing a bad memory to, to my mind right now. Because when you say that, I picture being in an elders meeting where we did that. And the folder with information was never opened. <laughs> And never shared. Oh, no, <laughs> and those, you know those are those are tough things for a pastor because it, again it's not resolved. It, there's nothing tangible, uh, and you know there's just unsettledness. And uh, again, the role of elders to run interference on those things can Absolutely. be can be vital. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the Steve? You start with this. What are some of the greatest challenges you've experienced as an elder that were un- unanticipated? Alongside, yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think because my last ministry, um, we had a great elder board, mm-hmm. and, and and they were part of the team. Um, you know, we had the pastoral staff, and it was a very staff-led church. But the elders knew what was going on; they were part of it uh, in in any way needed. And and so, you know, we knew what was coming to the elders; they knew what. We're, we're, was happening and I, I think um, horror stories I've, I've, I've heard um, you know we deal with things and, and that's the biggest issue it's, it's the issues that don't get dealt with mm-hmm. that always come back to bite you yeah and and so for me you know the when I moved back to this area, I had no intent of being at this mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. So that's the unanticipated <laughs> I, piece. <laughs> I, 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 you know, my, I, this is my third time being here. My dad went to mm-hmm. Toccoa to Falls later in life, and I was a student uh, in junior high, in high school, and part of the youth ministry here. Then I came back to be a college student here. I was married here and at this church, and, and we were a, a part of ministry um, as college students and, and, and such. And so when we, when we moved back to this area, it was, we're not going to go to first Alliance. That's the easy place. <laughs> Never going to be an elder. See, you know, what's <laughs> happening. And, uh, and it was father's day of 2015 that I was like, you know, we went to another church to an early service. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, we're just going to go. We'll, we'll catch up with some friends, you mm-hmm. know, and our, we left and our kids were like, this is the church mm. we're supposed to go to. And I said, it's not like, mm. did you not know? It's not like, trust me. Mm-hmm. And, and God laid it on their hearts and I had to catch up mm-hmm. that this is where God wanted us. And I thought, you know what? I, I doubt I'll ever do the elder thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm too young or, you know, cause it used to be a lot of older mm-hmm. people, elders mm. and, and the shift has happened in the church. And, 
And I just thought, you know, it's it's not my worship style. Uh, you know, I mean, from the church I came from, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't know if I, I could do it. And, and I had a friend say, you know, Steve, you know, once I was asked, I was like, you're not even going to believe this. They asked mm-hmm. me if I'd be an elder. Pastor Scott must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and I gave him reasons why he didn't want me uh, as an elder. He says, no, I still would we'd like to have you and, and prayed about it. And a buddy of mine just said, you know, you won't see change if you're just sitting on the outside, mm-hmm. you know, so, okay. And, and so I, you know, really being an elder here is probably, you know, mm. only compared to preaching at first Alliance. Never thought that would have happened as a college student either. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. you know, because it had this stigma and that has changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here. Uh, so, you know, just, no, great. Joe. Well, it's, it's really uh, good that you can't, really specifically I, say there was nothing no unanticipated i mean it speaks for the there's been the no healthiness surprise and, skeletons yeah. there's no like oh well by the way yeah we don't talk well no knowing know. knowing that uh many many contexts are not as healthy as this uh you know you know their uh, elders will come in assuming yeah. uh, because they, they've seen everything from the outside you know now they're they're inside so training is important obviously mm-hmm. of your elders and um, and then having you know good com- and and the the capacity of the individual to be able to handle it you know emotionally yeah. does his wife support it I think those are things yeah. that mm-hmm. from my experience have been really mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. B- back to um, something that was said earlier uh, we've all you, know, you guys know I'm in a ministry that helps pastors that are that are going through hard times difficult mm-hmm. um, situations but one of the Three things that you look for in a pastor that uh, are symptoms that he's hurting is uh, withdrawal. He's, he's withdrawing from people. You can just sense that uh, he's, he's getting a little angry, a little snippety, snapping maybe mm-hmm. at staff or even uh, congregation members. And, and third, he's using the pulpit as a, as a way to deal with the issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does an elder do when they begin to see symptoms like that? The dashboard of the pastor's life is sort of flashing yellow. Dave, what do you, mm-hmm. what do, you do? In a situation like that, I, I like to take this approach to someone. I will go to them and I will say, you know the old adage that we can never see ourselves the way other people mm-hmm. see us? Mm-hmm. Well... What I would like to do with your permission, I would like to hold up a mirror to you and just reflect back to you Mm. the way that I perceive Mm. you are coming across. Mm. I may be wrong. My my estimate of what's happening could be totally. Are misaligned. you actually using a mirror in no, front of? No, I just I do this. I give <laughs> a <sense laughs> like I'm going to hold a mirror with your permission. Yeah, yeah. metaphor. And um, I because I don't know your motivations either. Yeah. I can assume the wrong motivations as being the reason why this particular action seems to be offensive to mm. me. So will you let me? hold a mirror mm. up to you mm. so I can just reflect back because I believe you really are a spiritual person. You are someone who wants to walk the walk. You want to manifest the life of Jesus in your life. And there are some things coming across that don't appear mm, that don't reflect way. That. Yeah, good. And I thought good. if you could be aware of them by looking in the mirror, you would want to change them. Mm. Mm. That's good. Really yeah. good. Uh, John, what would you say to elders who are listening uh, to encourage them in their relationship to the pastor? I'd encourage them to get to know their pastors. 
find out who they yeah. are, what they enjoy, find out about their families. I mean, you may have a general idea of what mm-hmm. your pastor's day looks like, but do mm-hmm. you really? And so I would encourage any elder that might be listening, ask your pastor out to lunch. Mm-hmm. Meet him for lunch for an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, look him in the eye and say, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Really? You know, how are things at home? And just listen to yeah. his heart. And I think having conversations that, that don't always revolve around ministry. Absolutely. To do, really get to know them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Get to know them. What are their likes, their dislikes? You know, find out about what they were like as a kid. Find mm-hmm. out stories. Um, be able to build some confidence in the relationship mm-hmm. that, that both of you have. Yeah. And I think the more an elder can get to know their pastor, they're going to know his heart mm-hmm. and, and understand why he went into ministry, why God called him into this role, and how you can be a support to him um, moving forward, mm-hmm. whether it be in that elder meeting or when he's having that difficult time of crisis in his life and and how you can come alongside him to support good, him. Good, Love that. Steve? Well, I think, you know, don't be afraid to help um, care for him. Mm. You know, uh, demanding schedules. Um, you know, a church like ours, certainly we have plenty of people who can mm. fill the pulpit and you may So asking, that, how can I help you? How, how can, can I help take you? Take up and some of what like, you're doing. Yeah. And if it's like, I just feel like I, I have no time. Mm-hmm. I'm spent, you know, this kind of, that's going on, you know, as elders, we could say, you know, we need to give them a weekend away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just need to, Mm -hmm. they just need to get away. And it doesn't have to, well, does it fit in our policy of so many weeks of it? It doesn't matter. You know, you need this and you're, you are not valuable to this church and ministry mm-hmm. if you are not healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes a pastor will not let go of some things and defer to the elders. And I, I think one way to offset that is for the church, the, the, the church to be taught on the value of the role of the elder. That The, the pastor is an elder uh, as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Yeah. and there's value to the other positions. They are <clears throat> just by virtue of them being elders, hopefully they, they, they're qualified biblically, which means yeah. that they can function in a way that the pastor does, but like in a way kind of like the deacons did so the, the apostles could be free to Do pray that. and to yep. preach the word. Right. Uh, that's in a sense, I think, the value that uh, elders can bring to that. Um, so there's been kind of an unassuming cliffhanger here that we're going to end with. That note that you were handed as you were going to the pulpit, oh. I'd like to know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was. Uh, there was a time where one of the elders approached me just before I was ready to go out and preach, and he just unloaded on me with double barrels. Uh, the Lord helped me through that. But there was wow. another time where the elders in particular were helpful to me as a pastor. I had a man I was mentoring in the congregation, spending a lot of time with him, but somehow someone fed him some false information, and he turned completely against me. Mm. He came to my house. I had just had surgery for a hernia, and I was still recovering from that. He came to the house with a cassette tape to tell my wife, he said, I want you to listen to this and see all these horrible things that your husband is doing wrong in this church. So he gave the cassette tape to her, and then he left. And she said, what are you going to do with this? I said, I will listen to it, but uh, I don't plan to do anything with it. And she said, well, he gave it to me, it's mine, and I'm giving it to the elders. Wow. So she took the tape to the elders. They listened to it and knew, of course, everything he said was 
mistakes mm. and misunderstandings and outright lies. Mm. So they went to him and they confronted him as an elder group mm. and they said, you are not permitted to come to our church. You are not permitted to talk to our pastor until you meet with us and repent mm. of this situation. Wow. And they protected me mm. from him. Wow, it's wonderful. And uh, the outcome didn't change while he was at the church or while we were still there. We left probably several months later to come here to teach. But about after we'd been here six or seven months, we got a phone call. And it was that gentleman. Mm. And I thought, oh, goodness, mm. what does he want mm. now? And he just said, I need to ask your forgiveness because I have found wow. out that everything I accused you of were lies. My goodness. Mm. It was all lies. And I believed it. I really did. Mm. And I'm sorry. And I ask your forgiveness. Mm. But it, the elders protected yeah. me. Mm from his accusations yeah. Well, that, yeah. and yeah. His and it presence. allowed the gospel yeah. to work in his heart brought him to repentance that's right wow excellent good good excellent. well guys thanks so much uh, i've got 14 percent of battery left so i think if we keep going this is just going <laughs> to abruptly stop and i don't think i'm gonna have to edit much except for steve's long sigh that's right <laughs> which no one will know about because i've edited it that's, that's right, right. It's gone. that's right well thanks so much guys really appreciate Absolutely. you doing this lord bless you as you continue leading here thank you thanks thank for you. the opportunity well there you have it thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you have any comments or questions about anything we've talked about on the Before You Quit podcast, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged. Mm -hmm.